Okay, um, we're live. Um, so, yeah, we're going. Today, we have a very special guest. Would you like to oh, introduce he's so yourself? Damn special that one, isn't he? Oh, he's so damn special. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a special guy. <laughs> Would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> you do the honors. <laughs> this, everybody, is James C. Burns. You might know him as Frank Woods from the Black Ops series. Sergeant Frank Woods. Sergeant, Sergeant Frank Woods. Come on, Thomas. Sergeant Frank Woods, my mistake. <laughs> so An absolute beast of a man. So sorry about him. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is everybody else. All right, so, <laughs> so is this an official start to our podcast? Is the podcast officially started? Yeah. That's right. it. Yeah. We're going. Well, it's great you talking to you. can't take back anything and, you say. Uh, <laughs> right so uh before before the podcast started uh you were starting a story and we told you to save it for the podcast so why don't you continue with that for us oh I, oh at my advanced age i can't remember things that well um <laughs> well we had two things going i say about my uh about my adopted aunt alice and her her ongoing case of bud light and her, her, her people are from Caddy, from Kerry, Ireland. Uh, so I was talking about her. And uh, then I was talking about Granny Bukowski. Mm. So, um, so basically, if, if, you, if you watch the live stream, um, I, I, I tell a lot of stories about my, my youth. And I was a hockey player. I played pro hockey for a few years. I was a coach for about 25 years before I really became an actor. Um, and so... I have a story about my grandmother, who's all of five foot tall. Remember the Mr. the Mr. Potato Head dolls? Yeah, this big upper body with little stick legs. That's my grandmother, and she would waddle into the rink and smoking a pack of cigarettes. She talk like this. She's really tough, tough Polish chick, right? Factory worker, and uh, we're we're playing a game against a team from South Boston, someplace. Tough kids, right? And it's a massive fight. It's junior, so that means we're like 18, 17, 18 years old kids. And this fight breaks out. And I'm and I'm wrestling with this guy, and we're throwing, you know, left and right, and kind of kind of grabbing each other. We're just kind of throwing haymakers, not not nothing too technical. It's like a melee, like the whole, it's like a, just a brawl. Everyone's fighting on the ice. So we kind of end up dancing our way over to the boards because he's taunting me, so I want to get him against the boards, so I got some leverage, so I'm throwing rights. And then he's, he's thrown, and like, all of a sudden I hear this voice, like, kick his ass, Jimmy, kick his ass. <laughs> and I look up, and it's my, my tiny Polish grandmother. She's like the size of a, like a, like a leprechaun, you know? And she's sitting there with a smoke, Polish, kick his ass, Jimmy, kick his ass. And I'm like, and it was just relentless, the venom coming out of this tiny old woman. And me and the guy I'm squaring off, we both started cracking up, going, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> that's my grandmother, man. He goes, that's your what? I go, that's my grandma. Go, no, she's cracking up. And man, it's like, that's how the fight of me. We just started cracking up. We just couldn't, we, we couldn't sustain the anger long enough not to laugh at it. I mean, it's just with a cigarette burning in a hockey rink, right? It's like... <laughs> 1500 fans and she's screaming kick his ass you kick his ass jim <laughs> so what happened on the live stream was i've got this uh this buddha head that i i have for i don't know what reason 
and I've drilled a hole into it, and I stuck a cigar in it. You guys can see it, right? Yeah, yeah we can see it. <laughs> yeah. And so it just became an ongoing gag, and I think she talks to them. So I have a live show. I talk to my fans. Hey there, kick his ass. You know, it's a great, great popular. <laughs> Giving her her opinions on things from the from the from the podcast. So and the cigar is I I I, I use this. It looks like my grandma in my mind. So this is this is Granny Brukowski, and she's sort of <laughs> yeah Granny Brukowski, and she is the um, she's the mascot for the live stream. So all of our merchandise has got her head with a cigar in it, and it's oh, called wow. Brew or Granny. So that that's the Granny story. That's incredible, and it's it's it's, it's an ongoing theme on, on the on the and the live stream. You know, people just arbitrarily you know yell out, "Kick his ass, Jimmy!" We all know that. That is one of the best stories we've had on this podcast so far. And uh, we we've had a couple. We've had a I'm couple. Sorry. We've had. I'm sorry. That that's the best ones. <laughs> that is wow. I've set the bar pretty fucking low, if you ask me. <laughs> like, what, what are one of the other ones? We had someone who got completely. They got high. Yeah, I think I think we've told the the bitch tattoo story at least five times to different guests. So we had a we had a comedian on by the name of uh, Paul Roseberry. Paul Roseberry. And. Uh, <laughs> so he told us he was living out in was it San Diego? Yeah. It was San Diego, yeah. And uh he told us he was like high oh. on acid for like a month straight. And uh <laughs> my, so, by the way, my, my girlfriend's cracking up in the other room. She's she's dying in the this is killing it. <laughs> she may have to come in and, and share some of her because I've known her for almost Jesus Christ, thirty years. Oh, and uh yeah, so they, she's, she has stories going way back. She's got some stories about me that are just unique to her perspective. So, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Tell me about no, that. No, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Tell me about another guest. Let's not focus on me. Let's focus on the other guest. That's what I want to do. I know, man. But pretty much it was like he was... He was on acid for a month straight, living in San Diego. And one day, uh, his girlfriend broke up with him, and so he decided to uh, to commemorate that. Well, wait, he wait. Got a so, he, what a surprise! He's on acid for a month, and his girlfriend decides <laughs> to break up with him. That's a shock. <laughs> right, continue, please. <laughs> but, but uh, to commemorate that, he he decided to walk into a tattoo parlor because. He had this crazy idea about getting a tattoo of like a heart with a scroll through it, but instead of a name, it says bitch. Right. And uh, so we walked into a tattoo and there's just this absolutely hulking, burly man, like full beard, covered in tattoos, like 300 pounds. And uh, so he, he, he tells him about like the tattoo he wants and he's just like, oh, okay, are you serious or is this a joke? And he was like, yeah, I'm serious. And he's like, all right, uh, I'm going to let you think about that. Uh, and then if you still want to get it, call the shop and ask for me because you're a crazy son of a bitch and I'm going to be the one to do that tattoo. And so he's like, okay. And then on the way home, he just went into a random, like, uh, Vietnamese or Korean tattoo shop and uh, with this guy with a lab coat on. And he was like, oh, yeah, I want this tattoo. And he was like, how much? So it was $150 in the other place. And this, uh, the Korean review, Maze guy was like, uh, oh yeah, $100. And uh, 
<laughs> so he's like, okay. He's like, okay, so uh, when, when are we going to do that? And he's like, now. <laughs> we do now. <laughs> we do now, yeah. And then he just he, he threw him up on the table and he got the tattoo and he showed us the tattoo. And uh, yeah, oh, that's ridiculous. pretty much the whole story. What a guy. Story, what a guy um, but, uh, yeah, that's the... Bitch tattoo story. <laughs> okay. the bitch tattoo story. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Back so, to you. Uh, <laughs> um, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, how, how'd you get Casper Woods in the first place? Um, it's pretty well documented. Basically, I was, um, I was invited to, I, I had done a, a film called September 5th, September 12th which required a certain level of um, uh, stunt work, weapons work, and character, you know, it's it a film. So the stunt guy who was doing that was hired by um, Activision, Treyarch, to, to, do, to test the new technology for this thing called performance capture, because prior to Woods, they hadn't, hadn't, you know, Woods is all, basically everything Woods does is, is a, uh, it's like a movie. I mean, he, you know, before it was, they have a stunt actor do the motion captures, and they, they bring in a, a voice actor. And then they have like a facial capture guy who would basically mimic. So they had three pieces to one character, which does not allow for a lot of nuance. So Dave Anthony had wanted to try to tell a, a better story, and they decided to create uh, or use a technology that Avatar was basically exp was uh, pioneering into performance capture. So basically, that is you know the they put these dots on me and those dots are seen as a uh, a mannequin of white of, of dots and they paint over it and that's basically what i do uh, so they were testing that technology this guy brought me in for that it was just one of the it was a just a shit show of an audition they had no idea what they were doing and i really didn't want to do it like I, I don't i didn't want to do another student film it was just it seemed too much like unorganized so they gave me the offer to do uh, for to do the role of Frank Frank Barnes in the, what's called the testing level, and it wasn't the game; it was just the testing. And I was really not enthusiastic about it. I, I, I saw it was just they didn't have a script; they had no idea how to. You know, there's nothing that looked like a legitimate job. So I was going to turn it down. And the guy who was my manager at the time, Darwin, who will be on my show today, he's always on my show. Um, we're talking about it because I, I had a couple of job offers at that time. I said, well, here's just one thing. It's, um, it's a video game. I'm sure I want to be in a video game. I don't want to do, you know, I, I'd have a lot of respect for it. And uh, <laughs> he goes, what's it? What is it? I go, it's, it's called Duty Called call, call of Duty. I go, yeah, that's it, Call of Duty. He goes, what are you, fucking retarded? Take the job. <laughs> Biggest video game in the world. Yeah, and I go, all right. I took it. And... I just I did the testing. We got I got really tight with everybody at Treyarch, and then um, it got to the point where they kept bringing all these big names to play the role of Woods, and they kept like, well, yeah, but see how the guy in the test he's doing, see how he's doing, and got to the point. Well, why don't we just hire the guy from the testing because you know, he pretty much is the character, and then we get him for like a fraction of what it cost to put a star in there. So I was. Uh, I was, I was, I, I created plus I was also lowest bidder. So that's why I, I, I got it because I was lowest bidder. That's how I got it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that's it. Because yeah. like, when you think back, uh, Black Ops came out in, was it 2008 or nine? Well, Black Ops, uh, 
2010. I started oh, working. 2010, yeah, yeah. I started working 2009, but we our release came in I think November of 2010. Yeah, and I remember like now I would have been like just eight when uh, the first Black Ops <laughs> game came out. Yeah, but, uh, oh, eight again. Now, of course, uh, Call of Duty being an 18s game, uh, I obviously uh, couldn't go and get it myself, but I, uh, I was fortunate enough to have older brothers <laughs> who, um, who could get the game. And uh, just for that time, like the, the kind of things that were coming out, even like animated movies and stuff, like Black Ops was a completely different thing. It was like way oh, it was so unique. realistic than anything I've seen. Like, mm. And... Like, it was just phenomenal. Because, like, all the games I was playing, I was playing, like, Super Mario and stuff like that. You know, it's not realistic whatsoever. And then just to have this game come along and, like, emulate real life, I was like, holy shit. Like, this is this is something different. And, uh, yeah, like, I've been playing Call of Duty and, obviously, Black Ops ever since. And it's just... Well, I think what, what makes the two things that stood out, and these are deliberate, and the guy who I blame for all this is a guy named Dave Anthony. He's, he's a, just a, uh, he ran Treyarch. He's just a genius. Uh, one of my best friends now. We, we've been really close for 10 years. Um, they did two things right. They hired really good writers, and then they, they stuck as close to um, historically events as they possibly could. Like they, Everything that is in there is built off of um, some historical event, like the you know the Bay of Pigs. So they, so they really use a lot of history, uh, historically accurate uh, history and scenarios to create the uh, the you know narrative, and then they um, they they created this this uh, immersive storytelling with using. You know, uh, actors, not just stuntmen, but people who could get in a room together and, and do a scene. Um, you know, I, I attribute a lot of the, the great stuff that happened was happened in the moment because I had great acting. Like, like Emerson Brooks was a great actor. He, he played Bowman. And then Andrew Hawks, who no one knows, but he's just a total utility guy. He plays, he played almost every character in the game. It's sort of for me to read against, but he gets very little credit for it. But he's an outstanding actor. And that... The relationships that affect you during the game are there because the the actors involved in the, in the room, you know, we're doing it. We're, it. This is like watching a play. It's like watching a movie. We're actually in the room doing it together as opposed to being in a sound booth doing your part, waiting for a line. Or, a lot of times in a sound booth, you're just saying your lines, and then they kind of mix and match edited pieces. But when you have any conversation, something else happens. Magic happens. And... Uh, you know, all the Russian scenes, they had, they had Russian actors and a couple of guys with Spesnats, the actual Russian, you know, the, uh, commandos. So there's a reality level to the game that what that's what you're feeling. It, it gives you something different because it's there's an actual, you know, there's a nuance there. there there's, there's, there's an authenticity to what's happening in the situation. Plus the stress of having to get it in one take because... At that point, the computers weren't able to, you couldn't splice in, so you had to get it in one take. Like the opening to the Cuba scene, that whole four-minute scene, we had to get correct for four minutes. You couldn't really cut into it. And we had this one quintessential perfect take. And when you get it, you know it. You know, like the girl moves to the right place at the right time. The timing is done. But that only happens when you have a group of really uh Experience and, and we're we're all doing this for a while, so we're you know we got we understood how 
there's you know, there's different protocols for each of the mediums. You know, for, you're on stage, it's one thing. In film, it's there's there's requirements. In TV, there's requirements. While uh, doing performance capture video has requirements that you learn. Once you learn them, then it becomes a, a very easy thing to do. Not easy, but it becomes something that you're very comfortable doing. Yeah, I I, I get exactly what you're saying because now it's been recommended to me a few times, but like it always comes up on YouTube for me. It's um, the Russian roulette scene, but it's the performance capture side by side. Yeah, yeah. that's and great. It's, I watched that before it's, it's actually incredible. Like, well, if you go onto my on my YouTube channel, there's I have a whole uh, like playlist dedicated to behind the scenes. It, there's actually a video where we started shooting it from the minute I walk in to the studio. It shows just how I got to prepare, what they put on me, two hours of preparation, then you know what lunch looks like and what it takes. So basically, we show seven or eight scenes with split screen showing what the live action was, and then just all the behind the scenes of what it takes to actually make a game. You know, we talk to uh, the composers. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of this stuff is on the channel at, over at the uh, it's called, what's it, Call of Duty uh, Call of Duty Black Ops uh, videos by James C. Burns. So there's a there's a whole there's a whole channel committed to just those split screens. There's a lot of them there. It's awesome. Yeah, they're very they're, they are very interesting videos just to see how it can go from you know like uh, like the actors being in a room. With a, like in full uh, with the dots and the suits and everything to yeah. an actual fully fledged scene. That's uh, like uh, what's fun too is on many of them you see I, I when I do them I'll show you where the differences are. Like oh this is what we shot but here's what you got you know and yeah. the same thing. And a lot of times you we have um, I'll show you what the um what the script was and what we really did on because uh, things change in the moment you know a lot of those great one-liners that would spit out just happen you know that you know that you know there's batshit where are my smokes that was totally a result of 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 being in the moment you know so all those things that it, it's fun to see that see live it is just really um yes yeah, it's, it, it's playing man i'm playing army for a living can you believe that i play army for a living unbelievable <laughs> yeah, I actually noticed that a trend with any movie you've done since Black Ops, you've been a soldier, or well, most of them really. Yeah, well, you know, man, if it's a, um, it is a, uh, it's called typecasting, and God bless it, because it, it's kept me employed for many years. So I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. I think like, anything that keeps you employed is is a good thing. Oh, you ever been in the army? No, I have not. I did not serve. That's fair. Fair enough. Uh, and. How how different was it between the first Black Ops game and the second Black Ops game? Because obviously in the first Black Ops, it's like it's all about that kind of era, and then Black Ops Two, it's kind of bringing it into like uh, a bit further into the future. And uh, you know, instead of playing like uh, the veteran during the war, you're playing like post war. Yeah. So like, how different was that? Well, remember, it's the for me, Black Ops One, Two, and Four are the same game. Uh, we started talking about Black Ops 2, I mean, literally two weeks after Black Ops 1 came out. Dave Anthony uh, took me to lunch and said, you know, hmm, you know, you're, you're going to win this award for this VGA thing. You're going to win that, so we're probably going to bring it back. Just want to let you know. And and then, geez, right after, it was early the next year, we started talking about how to, you know, what we're going to do with Woods. And then... Uh, Halfway through that, we just started. I, he brought me in to write 
uh, Woods' dialogue because, it, you know, it got to the point where it was so, I was so adamant about how things would sound. And there's a thing I say, and I, I love my, I love the writers. There's some great writers over there. But a lot of guys, you got, you know, as, as an athlete, as a fighter, um, you can tell when someone's never been in a fight before. Like, you know, if you ever, you ever, not been beaten up in a fight, you don't understand certain things. You know, if you haven't knocked down and kind of like had to crawl back from a hole, you're not gonna, you're not gonna know certain things. So when I read certain right, ah, oh, this person's never been in a fight. They don't know what that mentality really is. What the survival instinct. If your life's never been close to being ended by somebody else, there's certain things you're not gonna know because you've never done it before. And you read it. So when I started reading some of the dog, ah, you know, hmm, we can make this a little stronger. I get what they want here. Let me let me beef it up here. Here's what what Woods would do. You know, here's what here's the thing Woods can do here. Oh, he's in a wheelchair. It's gonna be weaponized. If Woods is in a wheelchair, it's gonna he's gonna have a machine gun in the armrest. He's gonna be weaponized in one way or another. He's already figured out how to make a weapon out of it. That's that's the mentality you got to think about. How does he do that? And how does he? You know, and there's a certain level of contempt he has for you know I, I learned this from working with navy seals on on transformers you know a i got the opportunity to spend two weeks with these guys and the level of contempt they had for me was was unbelievable and that is because you know in their mind like i'm just you know i'm i'm, I'm, a, I'm a useless actor and compared to them i am they, these guys are but after a certain amount of, you have to, haven't been a hockey coach and knowing how to how to talk to people in the situations like this I say well okay, if I'm if I'm holding my weapon wrong teach me how to do it right and once they once they started teaching me and training me then I became like now I am their project they they own they, they said they have response not response but I feel like okay they're teaching me so now it's important to them that I know because when you're a coach and a teacher you really take on the responsibility of that person's behavior and their how are they good at it because you know I'm I'm connected to this now, so they, it becomes imp my success becomes important to them. I should say. Mm. So right. after after the first couple of days with these guys, the contempt was the contempt was 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 comical. Like literally, I would sit down because we're in a scene together, right? I sit down at the table, they get and leave. <laughs> you know, like, they just want they want to do me. Like they just because they're just out of rotation. And these guys don't waste time. They sit there. Like they won't sit and just you know have a cigarette. They'll do knife drills, or they'll do, or they'll work out, or they'll study. They, they never waste a minute of time, which I, I found, which really helped me a lot uh, to, to build an acting career. But uh, after a couple of days of that, when we started, they they taught me weapons handling. And all of a sudden, they said, "Well, how would we clear Air Force One?" I said, "Well, here's how you do it." I said, well, "Let's let's do it. Let's figure it out." And by that time, you know, two weeks in, we just I, I learned so much from these guys. Is that they're constantly. Yeah, you, know, you know the level of pressure they put on themselves is is is, is you know it's commendable. I don't know if that answered any question at all. I think it went off on a diatribe there. I'm not sure if we oh, answered no. any questions at all. No, you've you've definitely answered the questions. Um, Perfect. Now there's one there's there's one scene I want to talk about, and uh, yeah. I was wondering if I could get your opinion on. Uh, what do you think of the secret ending in Black Ops Two, where uh, Woods gets up out of his wheelchair <laughs> and then uh, performs with Avenged Sevenfold? That's not really a secret ending. That that's 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 the that's a massive Easter egg. You know that is just tribute. <laughs> you know that was something that, in all honesty, when with, with Dave Anthony and with Kamar especially, 
we, we get when we get done working, we don't want to go home. We don't want it to end. I mean, even like with Black Ops 4, Dave and I would sit there in a session, and the worst part of the session was when it was finished. Like, we got to go home? We got, we're, we're done? And I think it was just one more way to get us all, me and Kamar together, you know, to do this, you know, and just, just, it's one more way to get us together and, and have more fun doing it. You know, like, um, that's, you know, maybe, you know, maybe that's just my jaded opinion on it, but, um, yeah. And bringing it, Avenged Sevenfold was great marketing because they were hot at the time and they're huge Call of Duty fans. So a lot of it just fell together real easily. So it, it was it was not so much it was so much hey let's what else can we do we have some time the game is going to be great the expectation was super high um, they knew what they had we knew we had a really strong and great you know Kamara was incredible Rich Mc, Rich McDonald uh, playing Dave was we had a great cast you know Tony Todd we had so many stellar performances we knew what we had so I, I'm pretty sure they they decided let's hey let's do something else so how can we top this well let's bring up Ben Sip let's have what hey bro you know it just it was great of course and did you perform and uh, did you uh like were you um in performance capture for playing the drums or oh god no 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 they had they had an extra drummer in there I'm a guitar player <laughs> by trade um but that's not um no 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 God, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering because <laughs> uh, it was very weird, like looking back there and just seeing this this character who's been in a wheelchair the entire game and like he's this war hero, and then suddenly he's playing drums for like a metal band. You know, you, there's a there's a there's a split screen on that, and you'll see if you watch the split screen. I, I kind of point out again that was an improv scene. That was something that happened in a with just some just an impulse. And when I got up, no one expected the wheelchair to go flying. So I stood <laughs> up, I, 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 I pushed that back. What? Oh, that shit. Well, what happened in, in, in the shoot, the wheelchair just zoomed it back and took out a camera and took out the camera guy. <laughs> oh, like, my God. <laughs> going through pins, knocking shit down. He's <laughs> crashing all around us. And that's why we're all cracking up because, boom, I, that's why I look back. Oh, that shit? Nah, I'm just fucking lazy. You know, that that was strictly <laughs> You know, that was just, oh, you know, all right, hey, listen, you know, I, I've done it before, I'll do it again. It was just a, uh, you know, it was why I just pushed the chair, the chair just roll back and boom, things are crashing, banging, and people are laughing. <laughs> Hold on, stay in the scene, stay in the scene, you know? Yeah. Uh, what, was your, what was your favorite scene that you filmed for any of the three games, like Black Ops 1, 2, or 4? Um, I think, I mean, it really depends on the day, but I, I think the, the scene with Savannah, where she introduces me, I think that just encapsulates the entire character. You know, my name is Woods, you know. If you don't know that, talk shit, you will. You know, there's just, it's just, <laughs> It kind of encapsulated the whole, his whole existence in those one or two in that minute. That's like that's who that that was the manifestation of Woods in total. You know, he's a teacher, he's a friend, he's a tough guy. He's 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 a, little, he's a little funny, he's a little dark. I think we covered. I think that speech covered a, a lot of um, a lot of ground. So that probably is. If you had to pick one, I'll pick that. Well, I mean, come on, man. There's so many great. There's so many great cutscenes. I mean, there's there's so many that never made the made the game. There's a bunch that never made the game. 
either game. So. Oh, um, um, any any favorite fear, lines you said? Yeah. Excuse me. Do you have any favorite lines that you said? Yeah, there's, you know, it, it, it depends on the day, it depends on my mood. You know, um, some of them are just, there's the classic iconic lines, but for the most part, it depends on my mood. You know, it depends on what I'm talking to. Like, if I do a Comic-Con or I do an event, I'll be talking to people and they say, oh, hey, save me. And I'll bark something <laughs> out, depending, or I'll change it, you know. Um, not really. If you have one, let me know. But I, I to me, it's, again, to me, Black Ops 1, Black Ops 2, Black Ops 4, it's one long game. It never stopped for me. Like, when we, 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 we transitioned from Black Ops 1 to Black Ops 2, that was like, that, that job never stopped. That, that just kept going on and on and on. Because you don't, you don't work every day. Like, you shoot, you shoot a few days in one month, and you have three weeks off, and then you shoot five days, and then you have a week off. So it's not like you're going there every single So to have large gaps in the work schedule is not unusual. I mean, we, you know, we'll, I stopped, I, I shot, the last day was June 12th on Black Ops 2, and then I flew out to, to Utah, I made a movie, came back, and I finished up in September. So there was real no, there really was no, it wasn't unusual to be down for three months. That's, it was just normal for us. And Black Ops 4, you know, uh, Black Ops 3, we don't talk, it's like Voldemort, we don't speak of <laughs> <laughs> It's not a game to speak of. But uh, Black Ops 4 came around, and you know, Dave, Dave and I, who Dave Anthony, who's the uh, the director and you know, basically chief cook and bottle washer, he um, we're in, we're in constant contact, and he we've been having we had starting in December we had conversations and about possibilities, and then come February he we had we had the talk. <laughs> I'm bringing you back. Here's what I need you to do. So that that was it. So I kept my mouth shut for a couple of months, and then we just uh, things started happening. I definitely think for even though you play as Alex Mason in the first Black Ops, you are definitely the main character and the person we see the most for that. Definitely for that for that Black Ops, I think. And you're very it's very central around you, and you're usually like I think you definitely are, maybe even the main character. Do. Well, I think this, you know, we, we, I was very specific with ideas about Woods. Again, I was a, I'm a former professional hockey coach. I did that for a living. I, I've been, I've worked with you know, youth at risk. You know, I worked in New York City at a, at a, you know, with a lot of kids. You know, some of my guys got shot. I mean, I've been around, been around, around a lot of different kind of kids. And one of the things as a, as a coach, I always try to avoid or try to implement was uh, avoid shame, shaming people, shame-based, because we have that, you know, you, you coaches, you know, oh, don't, you know, don't suck so much next time, you know, they, there's very little information coming to you at, you know, with most coaches, they're just, you know, they, they want, they want it, but they can't express how to do it, so we built in, I built into the character this modality of coaching where, you know, you'll never hear Woods insult you, like if I say, you know, move your ass, you can do that. You know, it's about, hey, you can do it. You know, go through your discomfort, move forward. You know, man up, do it. It's not about diminishing you. It's about putting putting wind in your sail in, in, in any different way. And that, that's consistent throughout the entire, uh, you know, the whole the series with franchise. 
And I think what people pick up on without knowing, he's he's on your side. Like he's he's this guy who not only is is he, not only is, is he does he have your back, but you have the sense that he has the ability to do something. A lot of people have your back, but very few people have the ability to do something about it when you need help. And you know, that's a big difference. You know, you have a lot of friends, but do they have the ability to help you in a pinch? And that's that's what I try to build into this guy. He has the wherewithal, he has the skill, he has the ability, the intelligence. So when he says, I got your back, it means it's not it's not it's not empty. It's not an empty promise. And we built that in through the whole game of this. That's why I think he sets so much gravity around him. He really is. He's he's your friend. Like he's he's there for you, you know, and that's pretty much the whole, you know, the whole idea of Woods. He's your he's your best friend. He's got your back. Yeah, 100%. And you can see that. Very true. Games, you know, where he yeah. takes bullets for you. He, you know, takes explosions for you. Sacrifices himself in the first one instead of letting it. shot in. You know, I mean, he's, yeah, he, he literally, yeah, he, uh, he gets paralyzed because he, uh, well, there's, I know, I know there's two paths that you can do where you can either shoot uh, Mason in the foot or the head and uh, you, both ways still get shot on both knees. And he's uh, like, that, I remember playing that when I first got the game and it was just oh, like it's heartbroken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's brutal, right? Yeah. Like you, you wouldn't think like, you know, people, I feel like people look at um, games as kind of this form of media where it's like, oh yeah, shoot, shoot, stab, stab. Okay. That's cool. But like, I feel like the black ops games, they were very story driven as well as, uh, you know, just running along and shooting. Yeah. Like, don't get it wrong. Like, it was, a lot of shooting, but there was a lot oh, of stories. Of course, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I did a lot of comic cons for a few years, and I remember the conversations I have with parents a lot, and some were really extraordinary. And I would say, look, this is not just let's go, let's go shoot some shit. You are given a task. Here, here I think fulfill this task. It's a lot of. It has developed a lot. Has developed a lot of character in people because you're asked to do things. Now, granted, it's within the context of playing a video game. Let's not let's not exaggerate sure. its value. But there's a certain level when you are asked to perform a certain set of tasks and do them a certain way. It creates the, the ability to follow through. If you want something, you've got to earn these points. And there's whenever you are given a challenge and you earn points and then you earn success, it builds your character in my mind. So with with the game, you know, you, you are confronted with obstacles you, in, in personal relationships. You're meeting people you, you, you care about and people you hate. You're, you're dealing with life accelerated. And then we get to Black Ops 2 and you're given actual choices on what to do. Like, do you kill do you kill Menendez or do you let him live? You, you, do you submit to your anger or do you try and you have different, you get different results for that. And I think that's an effective that gives you a real sense of, of heightened life without the um, consequences of actually having to go through that. So it gives you a chance to see something and do something and test yourself without having to actually, you know, draw blood or have or be in danger. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say, uh, tell those people who kept Menendez alive, fuck you. <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, they, uh, but the point is, if you succumb to that, then you lose that great ending, right? That word, find yeah. is that. What a great ending, right? But yeah. so if you succumb to it, that shit happens. 
which I which I love about black apps too. They really take a moral, you know, a stand on certain kind of behaviors. Yeah, mm. of course. Uh, you rethink well, you. We're, we're getting really freaking deep here. This is a very yeah. deep conversation. Well, we know our stuff. We we, we love our cod on this channel. There's one <laughs> thing that's known on this channel. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Crap. No, we're going to talk about the troubles or something like that. <laughs> do, do you uh, what do you play Block Ups for? The most recent or yeah, most recent Block Ups. I've played it in the. Um, when I was at Treyarch, I got onto the good equipment. Um, ah. I, I I have no skill whatsoever uh, with the controller. None. I I, <laughs> I never. I, I just can't figure out. Okay, red button, green button. Blue. I just it's too much for me. I haven't had enough time to get comfortable. Man, my manual dexterity is limited on a controller. And I tried a PC. I'm just not. I, I can't do what I want to do. And I come on, and I'm, I'm like. Squeeze! I break controllers all the time. They snap. Breaks and I can't. I just I don't have the time to spend. I mean, it takes hours and hours to get good at it, and I don't have the time, so I avoid yeah, it. Of course, I'm terrible. I mean, if you see some of my my gameplay videos on on the channel. I mean, it's funny as hell, but I'm terrible. I mean, I, I can't. I can't hit. That shit. makes it even better. Yeah. Well, but here, but remember, I'm Woods. Woods can't be bad at this, right? I can't, I can't go online and get my ass kicked by a newbie. I just can't. And then destroy <laughs> my entire, you know, my the entire mystery of Woods. Like he sucks. No, no, no. I can yeah, say like, maybe I'm kidding. You know? Yeah, but if someone like if 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 you get wrecked by someone, you know, you could just leave them a message as Woods and be like, Yeah, you tell anyone about this and I'm coming for you. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'd rather say I'm playing the guitar. I'll be honest with you. Oh yeah, more fun. <laughs> oh yeah, what I was what I was gonna ask was, uh, have you been let in on anything about uh, the next Treyarch game or upcoming Black Ops titles? Well, here's the thing. Uh, if you've been following anything, <laughs> you know I, I don't talk about that. Even if I did, I wouldn't talk about it. But quite honestly. Um, as far you know, and I, I made I made this is what I did my very first live live stream about. I said uh, I have I know three things about next Black Ops incantation. Number one, I have not been I am I have not recorded any content for it. I'm not under contract to record content, and I do not even know what the name of the game is. Now I do have some other insights that I can't share because they would violate. Um, of course, yeah, yeah. And would violate some friendships. There are people who are I've known for ten years who would be affected by what I say, and what they're and what they are currently doing. So out of respect to friendships, uh, I, I just keep my mouth shut about a lot of things. So I, I I know I know a few things, but nothing that number one nothing that in stone because I don't think anybody knows what's happening with the game. If you hear anything, people start throwing rumors around them. It doesn't matter because the the only people that matter is Treyarch, and yeah. even her, and they're not. If they're not putting out a word now, then that tells me that you know there's, there's a lot going on behind the yeah. scenes that nobody knows right now. So, uh, and of course with the COVID and with all these other things happening, they they are constantly refining. I remember when we were doing Black Ops Two. Um, I, I had a, one of my fans call me, you know, reach out to me from the Middle East. He said, look at, 
there's a problem in, in this game here because you have a, a religious symbol in a bathroom over a toilet. That's a massive insult to Islam. I said, oh, God. yeah, yeah. And that's a big deal because yeah. so I, you know, I got in touch with them and said, look, guys, here's what I just, and they immediately changed it, immediately. So that they're very responsive to that yeah. and they're very sensitive to current events. They're very sensitive to... We lost him. Yeah, it, it froze. It froze before as well, so we'll. He should be back. So yeah, I must say that's very honourable of him. No, yeah, that's fair. And uh, well, look, if you've gotten this far, you should like, comment, subscribe. Subscribe to his channel, especially. We'll link it below. Oh yeah, definitely. Hopefully, we'll we'll get him back. I don't know. Uh, I think we will. I mean, it, it's it's happened twice before, so. Yeah. Maybe it's just longer every time. Uh, Does he know what's happening? Oh, I could hear him there for a second, I think. Or maybe I couldn't. Um, All right, while well, we're waiting for him to respond, what, what, what do you guys think Black Ops is? Or, well, the next Treyarch title, if it's not Black Ops, even. Oh, I have uh, no idea. Be be. I, think it, I think it will be a Black Ops, though. Um, okay. unless it, oh. Uh, what, he's going he's gonna to probably join back now. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't so, it shouldn't uh, affect the recording anyway, so No it won't. No great, great uh, job. But yeah. Well, he's such yeah. a cool guy. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Man, it's so weird just talking to someone that like had this huge part of my childhood like because I played the fucking shit out of Black Ops too. Like <laughs> I've heard his voice like so many times over so many hours. And wow. Hopefully. We what a guy. Join back. And if he doesn't share, like. How long, how long are we in? About 40 minutes. Oh, he's unavailable. Oh, that's a shame. Okay. Right, we will uh, we'll continue to record anyway. So we, we'll just, what? We'll keep talking COD until we can figure yeah, out whether come back or what, not. What's your guys' favourite card? Or what was your first card? Um, go first, Dara. Go on. Now, for, in terms, all right, yeah, man, mine's gonna be like super detailed, so I apologize in advance. Right, we okay. talk in in terms of first COD game played or like yeah, first ever played the entire that, thing. Don't overcomplicate what I say. Because <laughs> I've done this. So I, many I literally times. asked, "What's the, what, uh, what was your first no. COD and what's your favorite?" Nah, see, my first COD in terms of playing it, I I played Zombies on Black Ops One. And that, that's the end of that question. Okay. No, what's no, no, listen. No, Keynote or Toten was my no, no, first no, that's, that's thing that I ever played, played. And that's been emotionally uh, ingrained in my mind. Well Let's done. go find the guy who asked. And, uh, <laughs> but no, Black Ops... Well, the first game I properly played full through was Modern Warfare 3. But Black Ops 2 is my favourite. So, yeah. What about you, Jared? What you would go. you say? First one I played was... Call of Duty 3 on the Wii. Jesus. I know. That's I miles back. Yeah. I remember getting Black Ops. Do you remember this, Darryl, when I used to play Black Ops 3 on the Xbox 360? And I bought a pack deal. It was, it was Black Ops 1, and you got the multiplayer for Black Ops 3. But I thought yeah. the whole first game was Black Ops 3. So... 
<laughs> called Darren's like, oh, I got Black Ops 3. Yeah, yeah Thomas was like, you? Thomas was like so fucked because he got Black Ops 3 on the 360, which it's, you know, not meant to be played on because <laughs> it was a next gen game. And so at this point, I had the PlayStation and I was like, Thomas, honestly, just get a fucking, just get a PS4. <laughs> and I swear to God, like, Seven months later, he had a PS4, and I was like, "Well done, dumbass." <laughs> That's such an awkward gap, like between people getting consoles. Like you have, like, I, I, I had the Xbox 360, and I waited over a year. Basically, by the time they were getting ready to announce the uh, Series X, I got the Xbox One. Mm. Like yeah. it took, yeah, like no, they, they're so expensive. It's very annoying when they do that, though. I've yeah. had my PlayStation. But I understand that they do do a, a few years later. I'm one of those. I'm one of those, you know, uh, my like I'm in the minority of people who went from PS2 to uh, Xbox 360 uh, back to PlayStation 4. But we also had like it was it was a case of my my brother's owned a PS2, right? And so we got a PS3. That was fine. I, I barely ever played it because, you know, uh, brothers are dickheads and stuff like that. <laughs> but at some point, my oldest brother got me a, an Xbox 360. And uh, I got, what was it, Red Dead and uh, Modern Warfare 3. And then PlayStation 4 came out. My brother got that. And then, uh, yeah. I, I got my own PlayStation 4 then as well, and I plan to move on to PS5. I'm looking forward to the PS5, man. The graphics look really, really good in it. Oh my god, Unreal Engine 5 looks phenomenal. What, what do you what do you think, my Jared? What am I thinking I mean, about right yeah, now? You're, you're a PC man, we know that now. Well, right now I'm thinking about your old lady. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> No, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a PC man at the moment, and I'm going to remain that way. Are you I sure? Like... I've seen a lot of memes about how it's like, oh yeah, when a PC player, when a PC player's PC, like three grand PC, finally uh, outmatches a four hundred dollar console, and it's like victory. Well, you got to remember, my PC only cost me three hundred and fifty. I can outdo. It can I mean, outdo the consoles at the moment. Can it run Modern Warfare? Uh, 60. Of course. Have you tried it? No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shut your fucking mouth. It could probably... No. 300... What, what, what's in it exactly? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Alright, well, fair enough. I, well, I got a second hand. 350. I know it's brilliant, but um, yeah. I'll tell you, I do know I need to upgrade it if I want to play uh, Cyber Cyberpunk when it comes out. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I'll have to upgrade it for that, but uh, no, I can run No Man's Sky. Just, I can run just thinking off of um, stuff pretty handy. parts alone right now, $350 isn't going to get you much in the way of playability for like AAA titles like COD or... Oh, best thing to do if you're getting a PC is uh, just find an absolutely trash PC. Yeah. Absolutely trash. Sleeper PC, bro. They start bro. going around seeing people like selling their old PCs. You're probably going to obviously know what's in them. Probably gonna yeah. find something good that you can use, and then obviously after that you get a few important parts in your set. Yeah, but man, just think like a graphics card right now—a good graphics card that'll you know get you able to play fucking Modern Warfare and shit like that. It's like five hundred quid on its own. 
second hand maybe 450 so just texted james there and thinks that he's trying to connect now but he thinks it could be rioters oh the internet jesus oh so how about that should we see you know if, if well, he we'll uh, need to rant on and wait for sergeant woods to return of course and if not sure we'll have him on for a part two. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, yeah like, we did with episode nineteen, we could just upload this bit and then upload the next bit after. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Same day kind of job. Handy stuff. Yeah. Same. <laughs> uh yeah. yeah, no. My 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 favorite card, uh I'll be honest, I was one of those guys I'm not anymore, I've changed. I'm a better Oh man. I fucking oh wait, I know exactly what you're about to say. <laughs> I know exactly it's the only card I had for a long time. <laughs> Ghost was my favorite for a long time. I defended it tooth and nail. I defended it tooth and nail. Now, I'll, I'll fight any man this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> and the side of the Mississippi we're on is huge. I'll tell you that much. But I'll fight any man this side of the Mississippi. And he says it was a bad game. It was, it was a good game. Listen, People expect so much. The campaign was pretty good. Ghost campaign was pretty good. I'm not gonna lie, right? It was good. It was in the mid range, okay? But because it was in the mid range, people were like, "Eh, "Poo poo." Listen, no, listen, right? Campaign was mid ranged. I fucking hated extinction. I just did. Mm. Because like zombies is all about zombies is all about playability. You go back, you can play it for fucking hours, man. Extinction, I play like three matches and I get fucking like just so pissed off or bored. Which one was Extinction? And then the multiplayer... Uh, the I think the, mu- the multiplayer just became a meme because... Uh, <laughs> it was, it was dogs. good. Was start. No, it became a meme because A, dogs. B, you could be a fucking predator. Like, literally, like, from, from the movie Predator. And there was a Snoop, Do- a Snoop Dogg voice pack for Does the announcer. Does that all sound awesome to you? That sounds pretty fucking awesome, man. I mean, yeah. for people... <laughs> Like, <laughs> dogs. Like, uh, people suck, like to complain right? a lot about certain games. Dogs and, and uh, like, I think with that game, people ask for too much. Yeah. Like it was a good card. Uh, it wasn't the best. Obviously, the best is going to be Black Ops One. I'll fight any man I, beside I, I the Mississippi about that. I agree with but, you. Uh, I'm sorry. Black Ops Two is my favorite, but it's only because I fucking played that shit for eons, man. You know what was great about that that game? You could what? pick your loadout for uh, for the campaign. Yeah, you do that in Black Ops Three. Playing... Nobody wants to talk about that one. Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> yeah, because that one was. I uh, know <laughs> multiplayer Black Ops Three. I honestly thought it was all right. Same with zombies. Campaign, it came out with all over the place. Zombies, good. Yeah. I feel like Black Ops One. I think the campaign was the campaign was the best, right? Black Ops Two. Um, I feel like. Campaign and multiplayer are very good. And then Zombies was good as well. Like, not amazing, but good. Yeah. Uh, so, But I think the multiplayer kind of shined in that one. And then uh, Zombies and Black Ops 3 was the best as well. Even though I grew up with Kino on Black Ops 1. However, they did introduce Kino in Black Ops 3, which was fucking spectacular. I think that's what made the Zombies good, is when they... You know, oh man, released. Zombies Chronicles. I remember when they announced it and I shit my pants. Like, because uh, I was like, no, I didn't physically shit my pants. Uh, like, but anyway, <laughs> no, I just remember, like, 
They were like, oh yeah, we're having remastered maps. And I was like, <gasps> Kino. And then the fucking announcement trailer came out, and it was Kino. And I was like, oh! <laughs> it was the first time I spent money on a DLC, and I do not regret yeah, it one bit. Simp. I actually don't regret it. It was 30 quid when it came out, I think, and you get like eight maps. Is, it, it's the same. Man, that's the same as half a season pass. And you got uh, extras. You got like calling cards. Who pays cards. for this stuff, man? The game's going to be gone in a year. Like, man, like, are you man, still playing Warzone? Uh, no, because it's it's gotten no. It's not even that uh, I've outlived it, or it's outlived its, or outstayed its welcome. It's that the fucking updates got way too big, and I was just like, "Fuck that! I need space." So I deleted it because it got up to like fucking almost two hundred gigabytes. Hmm. This is why a lot of people are in favor of uh, stuff like five G. It just makes it just makes the internet speed everywhere so much faster. Yeah, like, yeah but the idea you could download speed. that in, in an hour instead of eleven. Yeah, it's I so, know. It's, it's so not amazing. Even downloading it, it's just that you know you download a big update. An update could be like thirty gigs. You're like, okay, cool. Month later, eighty gig update, and you're like, all right, I'm running out of space, so I'll have to delete some games. And then there's games that you just don't want to delete, so you're gonna have to start buying fucking external hard drives and shit like that. Well, you don't have to, but I got your. Yeah, saying. like, but it it would be more efficient to buy that than you know fucking delete all your games that you're gonna have to reinstall. Yeah. That took you know hours or days to fucking download. Right, yeah. because the internet is down. Oh. Well then, how do you text you? I don't know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, true. What do I say? I say, uh, will we reschedule we, or? Mm, I mean, ask I mean, him. we kind of. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, we kind of got like a forty-minute podcast. We keep right? this episode for another day, and then as soon as we reschedule with them, we can upload both of them on the same day. So are you day that we, we shouldn't have... upload today, you monster? What are you saying, Dara? What? Do you want to upload one part today and then another part another day? Like, are you crazy? We... You fucking madman? No, alright. Um, I think we kind of got like a whole 40 minute podcast with him, man. Or will we say we're scheduled? I'll ask him about rescheduling, but, uh, you know, it was a good yeah, episode. Yeah. Obviously left incomplete. Yeah, that, that kind of sucks. Hmm. But um, yeah, like I don't know if she's wanna fucking upload it today. We're really breaking the fourth wall right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, <laughs> back to work. No, I don't know. Viewer, yeah, I'm very sorry. Uh, or viewers. Hey viewer, I really like the T-shirt you're game. wearing today. It actually, really suits you. It matches your eyes. In, oh, I thought you were talking to me, and I was like, what? And those, those new shoes, oh my goodness. That's actually so weird, because I got a pair of new shoes the other day, what the fuck? You're welcome. Thanks. They're Nike. <laughs> you know, me, the complete opposite of going out and buying nice brands. Go all in on the band t-shirts. Nice. Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm not sure whether this is going to be a full episode or whether we might have a part two coming. We got no uh, idea what's happening. Yeah, so exactly. But if you want we'll a part two, know. Mr. There uh, is a part two. James C. Burns, leave a like. Because uh, we we certainly want more of 
Sergeant Frank Woods and his stories, you know. That fucking that uh that story at the start about his grandma. Incredible. What what a legend. Anyway, uh I don't know what's gonna happen with this episode, but I'm just gonna say it. Like, comment, subscribe, tell your grandma about the podcast, and take her hand. Uh, kill some zombies, bro. Yeah. Let us know your favorite card. Yeah. Not- For um, Activision and Treyarch, and his <laughs> one was like, "Man, <laughs> remember what we talked about? <laughs> don't say anything." <laughs> I, I remember, sir. Yes, sir. Because I don't want you shutting down my my internet, you know, presence. So, which they would do in a heartbeat. So, awesome. Of course, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, we're back. Some technical difficulties there, but we're all good now. So. Yeah. Anyways, continuing on, so the last question we asked was, uh, of course, about the next game, and obviously, uh, Mr. Burns here cannot uh, talk about Before it. Before we start, are you watering plants? Who, me? Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> what I'm doing, I'm actually, I'm, I'm cooking on a grill. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah? I'm cooking on a grill. Uh, I'm, good, I'm making lunch. Oh, oh, come, on over. come on over. <laughs> oh, oh definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, a, I got a fresh bottle of Chianti ready. Mm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I am, I, I am living large during the apocalypse. Trust me. <laughs> I am, I am so digging the apocalypse. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I, I was going to ask a question before we got cut off. Now I just. Uh, yeah, we did get cut off, and sure luck, we survived. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember what I was going to ask. That. Oh yeah, uh, with the whole there now, there was a cycle before with uh, how um, the Call of Duty games were released, where it would be, um, you know, Treyarch and then uh, Infinity Ward and then Sledgehammer, or I yeah. think it was Sledgehammer then yep. Infinity Ward. Mm-hmm. But uh, just recently, it's been cut off. Um, I can't remember what companies actually. I think Infinity Ward and Sledgehammer have. Um, uh, merged, so now it's a two-year cycle, and that was only announced, um, I think, last year. And so usually, like these companies will have three games or three years to make a COD, and uh, and it's grand. But uh, obviously, Treyarch was cut short, so uh, it's well, completely I mean, you, understandable you, you, that they have a have lot of work look, on their hands. Like. You have to look at it um, in the context of the evolution of, of of technology and the evolution of the gaming world. I mean, for 10 years, you know, the, 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 mo- the model was the same. You have a campaign, you have the uh, multiplayer, and that was a standard for 10 years. Up comes yeah. PUBG, up comes Fortnite, and it changes the whole dynamic. Now everybody wants, and your generation, like this new generation, I think you're called Zoomers, right? And <laughs> 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 that's what you call. I think, you know, it's like what, what Napster did to music. Um, PUBG and Fortnite is doing to um, the video game world. Like no one wants to pay for a game anymore. It's like it's like it's, you get it for free, or you want to right. so, so they have to make the platform free. Then they, they're going to make money off of the monetization, you know, microtransactions. That's the new that's the new model that's out there, and it's effective. It's working because you now really, you know, it's about having traffic on it. So before it's like selling records. They used to sell what. 20, 30 million um, DVDs, CDs, right? And that's how they kept track of their income. But now they need to compete with you know, mobile and online. And, and almost nobody's playing this on the computers anymore. Everybody's playing on the phones, on, on iPads. So the bulk of the, you know, so the generational 
um, change is that they have to grow into this new market. And they, they also got to grow into the Asian market because there's how many billions of people are there. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on that is going to dictate how a game is made. And a lot of, so developing a game and, and the whole business around it is probably one of the driving factors for its delay. Not knowing, you know, what's the deal in China? What is going to be the uh, protection of IP? A lot of it has to do with, you know, are they going to steal the game? If they steal the game, how do they protect themselves? There's all these elements that, again, as a company that has stockholders, they really have to pay attention to. Then, I mean, because I've seen stockholder meetings, people get crazy. They want to know why, why this and why that. So they have a lot of concerns, not just, uh, you know, the playability or the player experience, but they got to also, hey, you know, we owe people money. So that's kind of what's happening as well, I think, is that there's, you have all this technology change over people are, you know, the game gaming world is changing at a, at a, at a lightning pace. And when AI gets involved and you can start personalizing, you know, with, you know, deep faces. Mm. Yeah. Oh, deep fake. Yeah. So, that, so basically with that, it's like when that gets involved, maybe people are program the wrong avatars. Maybe at some point you're not going to want to have a guy. You're going to want to see yourself in that guy's place. And that I'm sure that technology already exists, and they're probably thinking, "Hmm, maybe we should wait. Maybe that's you know, there's so many things you don't we we just don't know what's happening over there. But if you look yeah. at the growth of technology and the innovation in technology is happening as we speak, then it's going to be, oh shit, there could be any number of things going on right now. Of course, yeah. See, huh? I'm yeah. not just another pretty. I'm not just another pretty face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but um, yeah, I feel like over there at Treyarch, they must be under a lot of stress because being told that, like, you know, they have, like, of course, at the end of, um, as soon as they put out the game, they'll be updating that game and all, but, like, obviously, they're going to be thinking, all right, we have three years to make this huge, like, make a game that's going to top this one. So, yeah, I mean, like, I mean how, how much bigger can it get? Exactly, you know, and then I mean, being it, told like a year later that oh yeah, you actually only have one more year to finish this now instead of two. So like, so I think that's kind of what happened with Black Ops. With Black Ops Four, I think yeah. they just ran. They just ran out of. They just ran out of room. You're like what? Mm. Uh, okay, let's. What can we do? Well, this here just put something out that's that meets a lot of requirements and see what happens. And anyway, that's. Yeah. No, Black Ops 4 was still a good game, though. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I remember getting it, and even though there was no story to it, it was still a good game. It was kind of like an arcade mode of all the Black Ops games so far. Yeah. Yeah, it's that there was, we, we tried to, I, I wrote on, I wrote a lot of stuff on that. I wrote some of the, the uh, audio scenes. Like I wrote the introduction scene. It was, I wrote all the uh, specialist trainings, but that was, I, I wrote that. And mm -hmm. I remember talking in, at length about how do we tie all this together and it really it really does a good job of, of tying together the whole uh, universe but there's a few holes and gaps that again I, I I'm gonna I'm reticent to speak on it in detail because I don't know what there is gonna be I don't know if any of these gaps and holes in the story are gonna be used as potential storylines for an upcoming game. So I, I, I really don't want to call them any problems or it's like, you know, like, 
oh, Burns just got on this Irish Lads podcast. Because <laughs> that happens to me all the time, that people just take stuff, what I say, out of context, and they get a call in the middle of the night from, you know, the head of Activision. <laughs> you know, hey, man, what, what are you doing? I go, you know, so I got to be careful not to blow anything up without knowing I'm doing it. I have no idea what they're doing next. But I could, you know, inadvertently say something that's spot on. The next thing you know, I'm a leaker. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> then, I got a lawyer call, then I got a lawyer calling me <laughs> at 9 o'clock <laughs> at night. You know, like, like, oh, shit. So, yeah, again, and I, I only speak from what I know, and that's exactly what has happened in the past. So, well, That's fair. Yeah, yeah we were um, just uh, after, after we had our technical difficulties there. I mean, the boys were talking about, um, like, our first COD games and... Uh, our favorites and all, and uh, both the boys, I think, oh, you said Black Ops 1, right? I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, Black Ops 1 was the best one, and I'll fight any lad this side of the Mississippi <laughs> who says otherwise. <laughs> that's, that's a big, that's a big chat of land there, besides the Mississippi. <laughs> oh, it's almost a sea for me, don't worry. But you're almost exactly halfway around the world, so I don't, you, it could be either side of the Mississippi for you. So that's like... Okay. <laughs> Antarctica will fight any penguin, man. I tell you. <laughs> I don't think there's any penguins talking shit about Call of Duty. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but... <laughs> you never know. But no, uh, exactly. honestly, best one. Uh, and that's a, that's a fact. I, I think... I think there's a lot of nostalgia around Black Ops 1. I think it was groundbreaking. I think it introduced a whole generation of people to a game to a new type of gaming experience so um, um, for me it you know it changed my life so i have i have a deep attachment to black ops one mm. um the soundtrack is this you know the, the stones the whole thing for me was just such a transition a transitional thing for me as a career um so i have a lot of nostalgia around it I really oh wow it was you know and it, it actually reintroduced me to my uh my girl, my current girlfriend, actually. That's a story for another day. But that's the biggest reward I got to uh, meet up with the love of my life again, right, sweetie? She's passed out. <laughs> She's passed. Out. She doesn't care. She doesn't give a shit. She, she, I mean, it, the, the women in my life. My mother. She passed away. God bless her soul. My mother called. Like she was. I have a cousin who's a big fan, and she's trying to explain to him. She's at a. I'm in California. She's in Massachusetts. And she's trying to explain to my cousin what I did. And she mm. goes, she called me and phone, hey Jim, 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 you know that, you know that, you know that pinball game you play? I go, what? The, the pinball <laughs> game, the, the, you know, the pinball thing you do, the pinball. I go, pinball? What do you, yeah, the pinball game you play. What is that game you play? The pinball. I go, Ma, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. The pinball game. You just did it. Like that. I go, Wait a minute, the video game? Yeah, the, the pinball game. And mom, it's not pinball. You know, she and she had she she had still had no idea what I did for a living. None whatsoever. You know? She had oh my gosh, she's unbelievable. She said, Yeah, that that pinball game you play. The pinball game that I play. All right, mom. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Because her, her mom was her mom was Granny Burkowski, so do the math, right? Exactly. I was about to say they sound very alike. Or... Oh, 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 yeah. So. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you're, you're very good at the, with with the voices. It's ah, yes. well, I am very good. Yes. <laughs> oh, very good. Um. Yeah. No. 
I come from a long line of insanity. Yeah. <laughs> my, 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 no, oh my, my father. God, that's so my, quotable. My, my father. My father was institutionalized. So I'm not. I'm not making that up. My father was both in jail and in a mental hospital. So I come by it honestly, man. You know, at least oh. I'm making a living from it. You know, Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Don't even know how to like respond. That's wow. <laughs> That's a little too real for you, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> a little too goddamn real for you. That's what I do here. For God's sakes, get back on the boat. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what accent that was. <laughs> I know, man. It's, it's fun to do. I don't know whose it is, but it's really fun. How, how's your Irish accent? <laughs> that was my Irish accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But there, there, there's so many Irish accents, man. There's, you have like nine of them over there. It's like English yeah. accents. It's, there's like, you, you have so many. You know, like there's a Boston. Like, I'm from Western Mass. I'm from Boston. So my father's from my father's from Southie, so it talks like this, Southie. There's like no there's no fucking T's at all in Southie. It's you know, a T is an F. It's like Southie, you know. Going to fucking Remleys, you know, that's how it is. Very nasally, fucking very very and every word's fuck this, fuck that, you know. My grandmother. <laughs> fucking Jimmy, Jimmy, give me a fucking cigarette, will you? Okay. You know? <laughs> hey, happy fucking birthday, kid, you know. <laughs> Thanks, Graham. You know? Thank you, Graham. <laughs> That's one way to show love. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, come here, you son of a bitch. Give me a kiss. For Christ's sakes. <laughs> I love the Boston accent. I was, I was commended uh, by another guest on doing a Bill Burr impression. Oh, Bill. Oh, fucking oh, Bill yeah, Burr, yeah. yeah. Bill, Billy Burr, he, he's, he's more north. He's more north shore. He's up there. He's higher up. So his whole thing is different. His whole demeanor is different. He's not from yeah. the, he's not, he's not from the streets. He's, he's sort of a... A suburban kind of guy, so it's not as hard, hard edges, you know. And he actually may say that for now and then, but no one ever pronounced the fucking word ah. Ah doesn't exist. It's ah, you know, <laughs> not r. It's ah, you know, Harvard cars and fucking bars and shit. It's 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 very like Australian, because they don't really pronounce their r's either. True, and very true. Even when they pronounce their o's, they 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 have like a kind of an r at the end, but they kind of cut it off. So yeah, no. Polar. My, my, my cousin name was Paula. My father, hey, Polar, Polar, Polar. Yes, <laughs> Who? Polar. You know, you, your cousin Polar. Right. <laughs> Paula. Well, I, 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 um, I was always talking about how we should have had an impressionist on this show, and uh, here we have one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what kind of impression are you making? Well, you know. <laughs> all right boys so do me a favor send me a link to this stuff i'll, I'll promote your show on the i'm doing a live stream today at three o'clock so if you oh, send awesome. me a link i'll get oh, wow. my monitors to uh promote the show for you guys oh, well thanks so let's go to our, our last few questions and get this all finished up yeah um so our last scripted thing um was uh the favorite movie you've done and uh one of the least favorite ones uh, understand oh. if you can't say the least. Well, I, I, I try not to take a heavy dump on stuff I've done because I have a lot of respect for people who finish movies. It's really easy not to finish one, and it's really easy to uh, make fun of things that don't go well. But it's really hard to do this business, man. It's hard. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so I try not to be disparaging. There are things I make fun of that <laughs> I make fun of myself in certain roles, but I, I try not to insult the people who, hey, man, they went out of the way and made a movie. It's, it's, it's hard work. It's really hard. Even harder to get it out there. I mean, I'm in dozens of things that never saw the light of day. Because it's not just making the movie. You got somebody to pay for it. You see it, put it out. Netflix is hard to snap into. Uh, favorite movie by far is a film called Cold Water. Yeah. Mm. Very proud of that. Um, I suggest you watch it. It's basically if, if uh, Sergeant Frank Woods left the military at the rank of a colonel and then took over a boys' reform school. Work camp. Oh, wow. And, yeah, it's a dynamite film. It's won a bunch of awards. Really proud of it. Um, there's some about, TV things. Go ahead. Uh, what about Seal Patrol? Frank Good Wood, movie. Was a, a seal. So, solid movie. Solid film. Um, it was written and directed by a couple of, of, of veterans. Uh, uh, Nick, um, Nick Mateo. I can't remember his name. Nick. But Nick, um, P- PTSD survivor, former mm-hmm. Ar- Army Ranger. Uh, loved working him. Great guy. Uh, that's how I met Rich McDonald, who became, and that's how we got him into Black Ops. I met him. I thought he was dynamite. He played, he's lead of the film. Um, and from that a relationship with him, I got him into uh, basically helping get to, you know, well, his talent got him the job, but I was uh, able to you know, push things along a little bit in his favor. Um, great actor. Met him. It's, it's a fine film. It was one of the most exciting uh, projects in terms of the opportunities it gave me to be trained. I, mean, we, I trained with uh, SWAT teams, Army Rangers. We did tactical maneuvers with breach and entry. A lot of, I mean, hours and hours and hours of weapons training. I mean, like just weapon on systems, like on A4s, M16s, you know, AKs, uh, handguns, you know, all kinds of firearms and all kinds of you know, tactics. And that's like to get paid to do that is just it's remarkable. You know, because bullets cost money to have somebody pay for your rounds, a couple thousand rounds. And that's, it's nice to have that opportunity. So I really appreciate that. You know, there's a handful of other ones, I'm sure, out there somewhere right now. But if you, if I pick one movie, go see it. I would say Rent um, Cold Water. It's a, it's yeah. a good film. Hmm. Yeah. Of course. Uh-huh. No, I got the lot to check out the, uh, the trailer for it before we started. And I, I thought it was a brilliant movie. Yeah, oh, did you see it? Uh, I've seen clips. <laughs> oh, uh, right. No, it's basically like you playing Woods, and it's amazing. It's basically, yeah, it's, I mean, we shot that, I mean, it was shot literally right after I had, I wrapped um, Black Ops 2 in September. We started shooting that the week afterwards. So I rolled, actually, I was shooting both at once. And I remember, right, we, we actually started shooting that in in August, and I was already, uh, yeah, so yeah, we, we're doing, I was doing double duty. So I was working at, working at Treyarch and still working, um, shooting the movie. So a lot, there's a lot of bleed over in that character. Mm. No, that's brilliant. Yeah, it is. Awesome. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, also, just to check, on your IMDb, it says you were in Transformers. Were you in that? Yeah, I was just talking about that. That's where I met the Navy SEALs. Yeah, so basically in Transformers, I am, there's a scene where the Decepticons infiltrate the, the uh, Pentagon's computers by breaking, by getting out the Air Force One. Oh, scenes yeah, o- yeah. 
scene opens up. I'm sitting there reading the newspaper. The step band comes come laughs at me. And then all the alarm goes off, and I'm running down the hall with a gun. And I say, Neil, uh, this is... This is team command teams one and two report to positions. We're under attack. And a bunch of all this, you know, elevated command. And then me and uh, me and the Navy SEAL who I'd been hanging out with post up in front of the president's, uh, you know, bedroom. And then I get a call to come down to, you know, the infiltration. You know, fine. I'm level two. All teams can send a level two. And I initially we go down with a gun walking in and walk past the Decepticon and, so basically, I worked two weeks to get about 27 seconds of uh, ice time, <laughs> and, they, oh, and, they cut, and, and they cut all my lines. So oh, oh. Uh, so that was. But a minute, uh, I mean, I'm there. I'm there. Twenty minutes, 27 oh, seconds. A minute. I got some action. I got to play with a gun, and I got paid, and I, and I ate steaks. So <laughs> life is good. Oh, what was uh, what was it like working with Michael Bay? The, He's the, great. So called master explosions. of explosions, yeah. He gets he gets a terrible rap. He's a great guy. He's respectful. He is um, very very easygoing on set. He um, allows. I mean, he's very very specific. Uh, I, I like detail, and he has animatics, which are like cartoons of every scene. And he's very specific. I go. He goes. I need your gun here, under your chin, right. No, not up here. Under your chin. You're at your lip. Under your, I mean, and he'll, he'll do it to you comply, right? And it was hard for some of the, the SEALs because they were being asked to do things that are technically wrong, but they're right for camera. And I kept telling them, look, at, okay, you're the weapons guy, but I'm the actor here. Get your gun out of your face because the camera can't see you. You got the gun in your face. I know that's a good, that's good technical, but if it's in your face, the camera can't see. He's not going to use the shot. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> so, yeah, again, that, that's in the game. Well, that's the difference. But, yeah, I mean, he's very technical and he's very much – and he's, he's very kind. I mean, it's like we are shooting – we're doing some exterior shots up at the uh, at Air Force Base up in Lancaster. Yeah, but it's, it's a nice shot. It's freezing out. I mean, like, it gets – it's down below freezing. And hey, we're like – and he drove his SUV up, man, his best glade. We were kind of sitting there free. Like, Come on, get inside. You know, jump inside my truck. You know, and that was, you know, that's, that's Michael Bay, man. I'm, I'm, I'm nobody at that time. I'm nobody. He's, and he's being really courteous about that. So I, I just thought, and again, he's just professional, good at what he does. Great line from Michael Bay. One of my greatest told me a lot about how to be in this business. And there was a... There's these two tall blondes. They're in they're, they're in the movie, and they're supposed to be uh, kind of officers on Air Force One. And the guy who was the uh, military advisor, these girls just weren't. You know, they just had nothing military about them. They're too blah. You know, they should be in bikinis in a in a Victoria's Secret ad somewhere. There's, they had nothing military about them. So the the, the military consultant comes over. Mike Mike, look at um, not these two girls. Not only do they they not look the part to be an Air Force One. They don't look like they even belong in the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bay, without missing a beat, he goes, "No, no, they're in my Air Force. I, I make this. I'm making this movie for the kid in Ohio, someplace, right? The, 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 these girls are in my Air Force. Girls, you're doing great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best line of. He knows what he's making. He's not trying to. He's not trying to win an Oscar. He's trying to do a, a film that, you know, is entertaining." Transformers, 
Transformers is not going to be an Oscar film. Never will be. But it's entertainment. You're going to go and you're going to watch it. You're going to have fun. So I learned a lot about the business from him. Like sometimes my job isn't to be great. Sometimes my job is to stand there, stand my line, and get the hell out of the way. <laughs> sometimes it's not, you know, usually it's not about me. Like it's not, it's not about me. That's about them. Say your line, let the stars shine, and go collect your paycheck and go home. No, I'm not taking a leak. I'm filling a, a, a pitcher full of water. <laughs> I'll be honest. I actually started to wonder. Yeah. <laughs> because if, if I could pee this long, it's a record. Uh, just, I'm, that'd be three. My bladder would be the size of a, of a basketball if I could hold this much. So, Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> still going, man. It's still, yeah, see that? There you go. Almost there. A little more. There you go. Okay. I can be a goddamn fire truck if I do this. <laughs> Look at me. All right. Spectacular. All right. Done. There you go. <laughs> ah. You, man. Ladies and gentlemen, it's from James C. Burns. <laughs> hey. Uh, hey. Ladies and gentlemen, James C. Burns. James C. Burns. Well, I believe. All right, boys. Thanks for no getting on. Uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Yeah. Loved your stories. Um, oh, good, good. Um, thank you for serving our childhoods. <laughs> oh, you got to rephrase that. That's, uh, that's going to get. <laughs> you, you can't say it that way. Well, sorry. well, thank you for being part of our childhood. I was. <laughs> we were, because I'm a little out of my mind, my, my Gail and I. Uh, <laughs> you know, because we, we went to a therapy session together. It's a, over kind of because you, 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 you kind of need a referee sometimes or somebody to point out. And so we're yeah. talking about things. And she says, well, you know, James had a, you know, because, you know, she knows I was a hockey coach. She said, well, James has a history. He has a, he has a history with young boys. And I go, well, what <laughs> you, need to say, you need to you need to rephrase <laughs> that instantly. OK, because that's no, no, I, I have experience Jeez. working with youth at risk. I don't have a history with young boys, okay? That's not what... No, you can't say that. <laughs> fucking police officers just standing outside your therapy oh, yeah. session. Like, we heard everything. <laughs> You're coming Chris to us. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of a visible... You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a public figure. I'm not a star, but I'm a public figure. So I'm easy yeah. to track down, you know? It's like, oh, oh you yeah. can't say that. You can't say that, you know? Especially now in America, because everything is so... Yeah. So fraught with litigation and yeah, yeah. you better off in Europe at the moment. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. They just love Americans over there. Great. Oh yeah, we, we, <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys. Anyway. We're, we're rock stars over there too, right? <laughs> yep. Of course, man. Yeah. All right, boys. I'm gonna I'm gonna call quits here. It's been great. Been a ton of fun. Thanks for having me. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Please don't be shy to jump on the live stream and, and uh, push your push your channel. More than happy to do that for you. Of course. You know, it's uh, today at three o'clock. If you want to get on, just kind of let everybody know you're there. What time is it uh, where you are now? Because uh, right now we're quarter to two, Jared. Should be or somewhere around that time. No, quarter, quarter to one. Yes, we at quarter to one. So we're, we've been out for two hours. So yeah. So that's eleven o'clock for us. Yeah, we could probably do that. Yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there again. I, I, all I'm saying is, if you have, you have my, you have my uh, permission to go on and self-promote all you want on, on my live stream. Okay? <laughs> oh, what a guy! And on my channel, <laughs> knock yourselves out. I, I have, 
I've helped a lot of people get started, so I don't mind doing that at all. It's fun for me. We appreciate it. We've been going yeah, crazy the last while. All right, Ford. All right, boys. Have a great day. Right, you too, sir. Thanks, Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thank you.